Welcome to podcast number 186. I'm your host, David Palermo, and alongside me is Adam, the Bills fan, Deacon. Want to say hello? I do, but I'll do it later. Okay. Well, Deacon's here. He's back for this podcast, and today we're reading out loud Deadspin's infamous article that they do on every team, but for the Bills, this one, Why Your Team Sucks. So if you'd like to follow along, stay tuned, and as always, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you find your social media, we're up on it, get on it, shoot Adam a follow, Adam the Bills fan, and let's get into this Deadspin article. All right, Deke, so as you know, I don't really read much, and um, I actually just found out that you knew how real recently. Spelling I, is really my strong point, and it's really just... No, this, I mean, you're, you're really showing improvement, though. You thanks. got the six-letter words down, some of the seven-letter words. You're getting good. A friend gave me two paperback books before uh, my wife and I went on vacation to read. What was it? The Cat in the Hat and the Berenstein Bears. I don't want to tell anybody because I'm selfish and I don't want anybody reading them. But uh, no, it's called The E-Myth and uh, Seven Power Contractor or something like that. So I got through about the foreword and the introduction and into the first chapter, which is essentially only 38 pages across the six. I think 32 pages across a... Six day span and fifteen hours of plane rides and airport time, maybe twenty. Pathetic. But <laughs> <laughs> that's like thirty two more physical pages than I've read anywhere, and I don't think shampoo bottles and marketing shit to get me to buy your stuff counts. So, um. Anyway, so I'm clicking around and I'm trying this new thing called reading because my way of taking in Bill's information, frankly, is to put on as much audio at Bill's talk that I can find. And that rents a lot of space in my brain. And um, I need to start reading it and make more time to just sit down and read Bill's shit. So I'm clicking around. And as I'm going through my multiple personalities of self, I get back to Deadspin. And I'm like, wow, remember when I was fun, Deacon? Like, like we had a I, think, I think I said to you, remember remember when you were fun? <laughs> yeah. and that's I think like, I said that. Like, literally, that's the truth. I mean, your absence has been just not been man, fun. Man, what happened to you, man? You used to be cool, man. So it just reminded me of what I am, which is full of shit. Yes. <laughs> And that's accurate. Gonna say what the fuck flies and not care about it because also accurate. I don't know why I'm dreaming like I'm going to be some kind of like professional reporter, dude. Can I put on the the, the shades and keep it cool for you? Yeah, I can keep it clean. I do it every day at work. But when it comes time to talk about sports, I don't want to like <laughs> pony it up with some puppies what and and make it all family friendly if it doesn't 
Frank we need to be. Right. And I mean, sometimes you just naturally fall into that, though. And, you know, we did a lot of podcasts together. And, you know, some of them were completely out in left field. And then other ones were in here trying to be John Murphy Jr. And I remember like Mendenhall, Rashad Mendenhall's brother yeah. or something like that. We we covered him on a podcast. Like he was in the title, Bill Sign Axe. And it's like. You know, our, I, I think our strength is just being ourselves, talking about it, and half the time we miss the best shit, and we should have pressed record in the car or something, you know? And we'll just start wearing headsets. Even when you're shitting, just talking to me through the door, I got you, and, you know, I could toss you some toilet paper. Oh, wait, we already did a video on that. Yeah, so, no, I mean, you know, there, there was definitely a lot of times when we when we were podcasting together where we could have probably did a better podcast if we just, like, recorded it in the car while we were going to get coffee talking about what we were going to podcast about than what we actually came back and said like after we like because we would get so sidetracked to be like oh hey look there's there's you know there's some some wings over here 50 cent wing night you want to uh you want to go do this so i mean by the time we got around to podcasting i mean it was net news was a day old already yeah pretty much and it's like you know, it, it's weird because I see people, they start podcasts all the time and, and it's like, oh, I'm going to start a Bill's podcast. So I'm going to have it go for uh, every every day. And it's like, well, I, I hope it's good where I'd rather like make sure I know what the hell I'm talking about. And I still don't know what the hell I'm talking about when I think I know what the hell I'm talking about. And it's like, and, and I guess be like somewhat prepared. Like we actually do, contrary to prior belief, we really did try hard behind the scenes and do a lot of prep work, like to an accountability level where we would get mad at each other. Like, you know, what are you coughing on, sir? Oh, that's nobody's business but mine. Deacon's got the flu. He's got the flu. Unless, uh, you know, you got a side job. The bird flu. Oh, okay. Okay. It's the bird flu. But, there, but you know, the whole thing is for, for me, it's always been like, let's cut through the bullshit. And same with you. It's always been like, what is the truth of the situation? We see coaches come in, they put players in the position, yada, yada, yada. And without you, I kind of lost like the real like satire of the, of the show. And it's like, it turned me into, okay, Eric Turner presents me from cover one dot net. Uh, Eric Turner, the great Eric Turner. He gets me uh, a chance to get to the sidelines less training camp. And that was like, cool because I mean, dude, we're construction people, you know, like I don't have a degree. So for us to organically just do this shooting the shit, be like, let's just kind of find the truth. And for a guy like Eric, who's, one of the most professional people I've ever met. You know, he has a good job. He he really, you know, he's his work is second to none. His work ethic is second to none. And his work is clean, respectable, and and he knows what he's doing. Um, so, you know, when I get that kind of opportunity, like I have to represent that person, I could definitely slot in that role. You yeah, know, you, can't, you can't just go out there and act like a jackass, right. even though that's what we're good at. Right, and, and don't get me wrong. Like I, I, my day job is a, I'm a drywall contractor slash finisher. So if you have a basement, you know you are want to do your walls. I can frame it up for you. Find somebody to do it. You know remodeling stuff. So new home stuff. So when I see clients, yes, I I have to keep it clean and professional. But with the bill stuff and sports, 
I, I, we can adjust to whatever we can keep it clean. You know I mean? You work a job too. Like we're, we're human beings, but when it comes to sports talk, it's just so refreshing to have a dead spin to remind me like, what the fuck do you think you are? Yeah, yeah. You know, like you have never fit in. You are the class clown in the back of the room talking shit. Like that's what I fucking am. And I'm here like to like, it's great to have you next to me right now because it's been like an identity well, I'm good, crisis. Because I'm, I'm good looking. You're great looking. Dude, there's a beautiful bird. There's a hummingbird right in this plant in front of us. This is so, I should get a picture. Anyways. <laughs> so we got this. So, dead, we got so, this so yeah, Dave, Dave's got the dead spin article and a really bad case of attention deficit disorder. <laughs> if anyone has some spare Ritalin that they could, could send, uh, we'll post the address in the show notes. And no, this won't be the fifth straight podcast about a damn quarterback. Maybe not. So, all right. But don't worry. The season starts like week after next. So we got 17 in a row of those coming up. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean. Brace yourselves. I-, I love training camp. I love all this crap. But when I'm hearing about, oh, Josh Allen's going to grow as a starter. It's like, dude, what do you mean grow is whatever like grow grow that dude's big as shit already he don't need to grow uh, yeah you know he's tall <laughs> what are you talking about all right so check it why your team sucks 2018 buffalo bills from drew mcgarry at deadspin and the first picture you see is josh allen getting sacked and caption says some people are fans of the buffalo bills but many many more people are not fans of the Buffalo Bills. This 2018 Deadspin NFL team preview is for those in the latter group. Read all the previews so far here. So Eric Rosendahl from Eric Sports on Twitter. Dumbest thing you'll see all day in, you know, some kind of uh, video of fire on a yeah, table. Yeah, you got, you got the flaming table scene from the tailgate. Okay. It's, it's kind of what... The Bills fan base has become famous for, unfor- I mean, not unfortunately, you know what? Not unfortunately. Growing up, I was a big wrestling fan, big ECW fan. If there's anyone who can appreciate a burning table bump, it's this guy. But here's my message to you Bills fans. Stop using the plastic fucking tables. You're going to hurt yourself. Get a wooden table. They break. The plastic tables... They don't break. They just bounce, bounce your bones back, back and forth, and snap them in half. Just stop. You look like amateurs. You you want a good bump? You need a wooden table. I frankly don't like that the Pagulas and they're having a major clamp down on these table fire parties, and they're taking Buffalo out of Buffalo. Well, Buffalo's I one mean, of the you last gotta... dude. Look, if somebody breaks their neck, well, that should give the next idiot an idea to not break their neck. Let them break their neck. I mean, to be fair. Can we be adults here? To be fair, no one's, no one's slid down the handrail since that one dude did break his neck. But, like, you also had a couple unfortunate things where people ended up dead. So, like. Like what? Well, there was the one guy who, like, wandered off and, like... Killed himself in the parking lot two years ago? Well, there was that, and there was, like, another dude who, like, I think oh, like, passed out... Oh, yeah, he out, wandered behind the stadium, drunk... Passed the out in the, in the stream or whatever, yeah. And, then, like, you don't you don't want to see that happen. It's like, oh, well, they should have known better, but at the same time, like, 
if that was if that was your homeboy or your brother, or you, you know what I mean, your son or whatever, your dad, anybody like anybody you know, you're gonna feel really awful to see that happen. So, I I, think- I get I get that they want it to be like a safe thing, and I mean, but. Damn, like, yeah, but to have our police force being paid to walk up and down lots, they have better shit to do. Right. Okay. Right. Seriously, to come spoil the fun, to walk up and down private lots as well. Sometimes it's like, yeah, that's that's, that's like no. That's you're, different. You're, I'm sorry, but our our, our country's like broke and, and stuff, and it's like not for nothing. Our cities look better with lights on them. At least in Rochester, looks great. Buffalo's looking cleaned up. But it's not like anybody's really making any more money, and we're going to waste our damn money on these cops to police some shit that, like, I got to pay season ticket money for already, which is my own choice. But I, I, I would doubt that my damn TV near my section by the secret bathroom was fixed by 331. Right. No, I mean, you it's, know what I mean? It's like, how about you put the money to use, but you're going to spend it on cops and all this extra crap? Yeah, like, yeah. Nobody's really hurting each other. They self-police it. Again, yeah, it's one of those things because, like, you want it to be a safe, inv- a safe, fun environment, but at the same time, like... What what's a bigger buzz? I think those guys are getting time and a half. Dude. I was gonna say like, what's no a bigger joke. what's a bigger buzz kill than like getting a you know getting four or five drinks in you and then then the cops walk up and tell you well, what are you doing you know I'll just uh, ask I'll send a message out tonight and just ask a police officer and find out what it is because if I'm not mistaken they might get time and a half for events like that and they're and they're just like all you're doing is just spoiling well working Sundays blows so like. I mean, good for the, you know, they probably, they probably don't even want to have to be in there. Like, position. okay, are there policemen at the skate park so these kids don't whack their head open? No. That's them. There they're- might be. I don't know. I haven't been to a skate park in a long time. But you get my There's point. There's probably a skate park that's got cops. So I I've definitely seen videos of cops look like, dropping in on half pipes <laughs> before. Like, like it's out there. You, YouTube, baby. I've definitely seen it. You ever you hear know? YouTube? It's mint. It is. They're racing some stuff, but it's all right. But look, so to put that to rest, as far as the burning table, all about it. Let's yeah, yeah. go. If you're going to drive your car drunk into a bunch of people, I got more of a problem with that. But I don't see no damn cops giving all these people breathalyzers to you. So what side of the fence do you want to be on? I'm more in favor of that if you're going to waste the cops some money because that's actually going to save lives. Like Some it, moron breaking his arm? Good fucking riddance, idiot. What, I will gladly sit there with the video and take a picture of it. You know what? They need to confiscate the plastic tables, though. If you're going to do it right, you need a wooden table. And you know what? This is just classic What's wrestling it? here, and let's just keep it real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, feel, it just feels like, you know, paint paying homage to the Dudley boys. I like it. So, so let's, 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 let's move on here though. This was supposed to be about the dead spin article. And now we're talking about cops. This is why, this is why I want to go through it. Cause that's our thought. That's my thought. So follow me, follow me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What we got. As I'm scrolling up, I'm already ready to take my damn 10X here and throw it through the fucking window because I'm getting pissed because this is exactly how I feel. Because what's funny about this dead spin article is I agree with a lot of it. I agree with a lot of it. And, you know, a lot of radio personalities over the years, I've been like, man, why are you so fucking negative? But on the real, you're just fucking jaded and you're just down further down the path than I was. There was a happy-go-lucky bill saying, hey, man, why are you being so negative? It can happen. But then it's like, no, you realize it's on coaches and players that have a good marriage together. And if they can't communicate, it ain't fucking happening. And there's different strokes for different folks in every locker room. 
And a lot of times these people overthink situations. They don't see what's in front of them and yada, yada, yada. It's sports. Shit's going to happen. I mean, it's just 11 players have to do the exact same thing for the play to work and expect the other person across them to react how they want them to react. It's just not going to happen. So That's wait. what makes it chess. So let me clarify. Did you just say the players are married to the coaches and they're stroking each other in the locker room? Yes. This just got seedy. <laughs> it got real good. This this got seedy, and Take I out like your it. Phone. So look, it starts out your 2017 record goes nine and seven. All hell, roll the tape. You guys earned it. Dot dot dot. And it's a video of all the Bills players, a famous one. The the locker room the locker room footage from uh, the end of the Cincinnati Baltimore game there. The typical one you've seen where the Bills are all watching the last play where really Andy Dalton brought the Bills to the playoffs. So, uh, and he gets into it. Okay, see, we could argue that, though. Yeah, I don't, but we're, we're going to get into that. It's it, it, go gets in, it, it goes there, but, man. So, look. We did our part. True, true. But here's the deal. Article reads, I am deeply cynical. Awful, man. But even I got emotional watching this franchise. This horrible, miserable, and possibly will-be-gone franchise secure their first playoff berth in the 21st century. It was one of those pure, wonderful moments that the NFL seems determined to purge for the spot for the sport entirely, and I'm glad, surprised, to have witnessed it. Of course you guys wouldn't have needed the Bengals, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, in parentheses, to help backdoor you into the playoffs. If your coach hadn't made one of football history's most sudden, inexplicably stupid moves in the middle of the season, dot, 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 which goes, quote, Sean McDermott, as I continue to evaluate our roster and our goal to become better, I decided to start Nate Peterman as our quarterback this week, end quote. I could take, and so then he goes on, I could live 100 years, not like we give him a beer intake, and I would never let you people live down the Nathan Peterman experiment. It equaled the fluty benching and audacity and topped in mind-boggling idiocy. Keep in mind that the Bills bench starter Tyra Taylor on a Wednesday after they had reaffirmed him as a starter two days earlier. No one knows what change in between. I just assume Richie Incognito busted into Kim Pagula's office brandishing a tiki torch that Tuesday. So um, he goes on and on and on a little bit. but So he rebuttals with Nathan Peterman. So let me just kind of... I don't know if we should pause and go through this or what, but I was going to go go on with it. But they're dying. You know, th- this Nate Peterman thing was really a bad thing nationally. Yeah, it was a bad look. You know, and I don't think they really... Um, I don't think the Bills really care or they don't seem to care, which is one thing I do respect. But nationally it's like they understand that it's hard to have a, a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over a ton the and the only thing i could think of to justify that move cuz i thought i thought about the why the why of that situation a lot dave mm-hmm. a lot the only plausible explanation i could come up with is that they they felt that tyrod's game had become too predictable and they wanted to throw a different look out there and take a week and like retool their retool their game plan. That's the only thing I can really think of. But whatever the reasoning was behind the scenes, behind closed doors, 
that shit was a failure. You guys fucked up bad. And honestly, I, you know, that's why I said a lot of stuff I'm spot on agree with. So, um, next part of this segment about the quarterback thing is read the rest of the article of this section. Anyway, it will not shock you to learn that an unheralded rookie with little practice time and a name as ridiculous as Nathan Peterman tossed five that, interceptions. That's a fine name. There's nothing wrong with that name. <laughs> tossed five interceptions in his first 14 passes and a 54-24 to loss to L.A. Chargers to put the Bills even deeper into the hole. Yeah, that's not a fine score, though. That No. That, that, that was not okay. No. And yet you guys finally managed to end your playoff drought. My warmest congratulations. Your reward was a wild card beatdown at the hands of Doug Marone in a game in which Peter May made yet another cameo. You slayed one demon just to invite an even larger one to the kitchen table. That is so Buffalo. Sitcom tra- laugh track hooting. And you know what? I got a lot of I got a lot of shit from fellow Bills fans on social media at the end of the season last year. I guess I guess I'm a fake fan because I wasn't that excited. And you know, everyone's like, "Oh, we broke the drought. We broke the drought." We haven't won a playoff game since 1995. Did we really break the drought? Win a playoff game. To me, that's the real drought. Advance in the playoffs. We got We got like he said, it was a beatdown. That that game was embarrassing. That wasn't that wasn't what what I wanted our our playoff berth to be. I wanted to score some points. Yeah, and, and there's... Where's that pay dirt, dog? There's one more par- paragraph to go, but I actually want to dive in. This is why I'm so excited to read this article with you. Um, real quick, it, it's it's like, you know, I, I will... I don't want to speak for, but the vibe... But I, you're gonna. But, I'm, but the vibe I get from, say, radio personalities on WGR is like... That's cool that they made it, but damn, this franchise is really riding like, hey, we broke the playoff streak, guys. This coach, this coach did it. This coach did it. And when you people want to rip on Tyrod Taylor and are in the same damn camp that, oh, well, look at his yards. But you look at you want to look at one stat, but I'll look at the stats and say, okay, because I'm not going to go in stats. It's situational football, a.k.a. what is Bill Belichick coach and a pioneer of? Oh, situational fucking football. And sometimes his teams are lopsided, where his defense is not ranked high and his offense is ranked higher, vice versa. And it's a, it's a, it doesn't matter. But if you want to be that guy and go down this fucking stats route, you got to see that the offense and defense ranked shitty. Okay, the game is about points and maximizing your talent. When I'm overhearing that Bean allegedly said in reference in an interview that Tyrod Taylor was already decided on in the offseason not to be here next year, and you see what they put him on the field with, I'm sorry, but I have a problem with equity in these decisions, and this team does look stupid, and they're just going on, oh, you're, we made it to the playoffs. What are you worried about? I don't know. The defensive and offensive line sucked, and coaches will say that's where football fucking starts. So, yes, it was an embarrassment I don't know. I mean, when Joey Bosa goes, oh, are they even blocking? Are they even blocking? Well, I, I had my own conspiracy theory about that, and I, I almost wonder, and I, I hate to think that, like, 
I love conspiracies, so let's I, fucking go. I, I hate to think that a team would ever operate like this, but I almost wonder if that offensive line was like, Coach, what are you doing? And like, just just let them let them buy in protest of benching their quarterback. You know what I mean? Because I feel like that the uh, the offense that kind of came t- together there during Rex Ryan's tenure, you know, Tyrod Taylor, LaShawn McCoy, uh, you know, you had Percy you had, Harvin, one healthy, stop, best jersey ever. Stop. You had you had Cordy, you had Richie. I mean, Eric's been there forever. Coming soon on eBay, a Percy Harvin Bills jersey. I I feel like I feel like that group right there all had a lot of respect for each other. I feel like that huddle had a lot of respect in it, and I think as as a player, especially if I was like a skill player on that team, I'd be really upset about a quarterback change in the middle of the season, right? Because I mean that's that's something you try to avoid at all costs. That's like an if an injury happens, worst case scenario, you put your number two guy in there, and you know, I mean, shit. Tyrod never did anything that warranted getting benched. I mean, his his output, you know, he struggled to get 200 yards in a lot of these games. But, it, yeah. but more often than not, he put us in a position to not lose. Not necessarily win, but to not lose. Kept us competitive, at least, by, by protecting the ball, if nothing else. By playing a game of field position, by getting us far enough up the field to to punt to where we could stop the other team from scoring. On third and long, I didn't feel out of it with Tyrod Taylor. You know what I mean? With Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're down to either he's going to throw it or he's not. Right. And I mean, like, why do people think that I've never seen? I I can't believe that so many fans. The reason I don't want to cut you off, but I would like to kind of. Maybe sum up what you're trying to say because I've been trying to say this nicely, but I can't. I don't have anybody to really sound this off on. But I could tell you this: I think the Bills. Um, I think they're frankly winging it. Um, I think that people are in love with a coach who acts like a professional. And I'm not going to rip Rex Ryan, but I'm going to rip Rex Ryan. He could have acted more like a professional. You know, I understand that. But, like, don't tell me that there's a fucking process. Okay? There might be a process. Trust a process. But do not confuse process and fucking plan. Okay? Get your shit straight. Because when this team has not had... People have amnesia, as a lot of the sports guys will say in Buffalo, of the franchise. Because... We have been waiting in Buffalo to get like a real GM in there, a real scouting staff, and you just dismantled what Buddy Nix and Doug Whaley built, which was was a legit scouting staff because there was a few years where the Bills never had players in the Pro Bowl, and then all of a sudden we're getting all these money players that are low-cost free agents. There's Zach Browns, you know, that come in and they're impactful at least right away. Now, Zach Brown wasn't the best, but... You know, what about Nigel Bradham? He was drafted in the Bills. He, he just won a fucking Super Bowl. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of guys that are littered around the league, and your job as a coach is to coach up the talent. And when you're fired, when your defensive line coach ends up, quote-unquote, retiring, and your offensive line coach never watched fucking, or your offense coordinator never watched film, or your head coach should know what this guy's going to do, 
and you have two years of number one Bills rushing football because that's what they want to be. It's the best rushing team, right? You have LaShawn McCoy. How about as a fan, we feel they're full of shit, or I feel like they're full of shit, and it doesn't feel like they, this coaching staff even deserved. And is it deserved? No. I don't feel like they should have deserved to make it a playoffs because it's really a numbers game, and only a matter of time that they didn't make it is fucking an anomaly within itself to be in the division with the best sports fucking dynasty ever in the Patriots. Ever. Ever and probably all the sports, really. For us, cons- I mean, come on. And once in I football, mean, you get your way. It's like get out of here, dude. I mean, can you? I- I'm trying to bring it though back though. So they're full of shit in my eyes because there's been a the lot team, of really good the, sports dynasties, the, though, dog. It, dude, dude, I, I, that's a we can get into that. But for the purpose of argument, I'll at least say they're in a division where the Patriots clean fucking house. Okay. They have a very marketable team. You know that. They're cleaning the house. They're good. They don't fuck themselves all the time like the Bills. And the thing is, is when you see a coach whose job is to hire a coordinator to fit the best talent on the team, not just our biggest fear as a fan is, oh, fuck, I hope they build off of what the coach found out about the personnel and doesn't try to do this slam a system down on people, which is why we bash Doug Marone forever as a joke. You know what I mean? Like, Aaron Maven goes to the fucking Jets and gets more production than he had here. Was it great production? No, but it was more than he had here. Do you know what I mean? Like, coach, why, players Why do you got to bring that up? Because it was Rex Ryan, and it's funny. And it's like... Yo, I had a Rex Ryan dream the other night. Did you? Yeah, it's, it's disturbing. I saw him in a Rex Ryan shirt. But what I'm trying to tell you is, like, they're just... It, it just didn't feel like they kind of earned it because they slammed a system upon the players... And where was Jerry Hughes? Where was Kyle Williams' stats? Where was Marcel Darius? Oh, you traded him. It's your job to get the best you can out of him. And you signed Star Tule, who is a one-trick pony. And he's got a lot that of money coming nice. in. It's yeah. not, no, it's not. It's it's being objective. That's what all the scouting says on him. He's not I, a sack guy. He's an eat-up-blocks guy, which is cool. You need that, you're going to free up Kyle Williams. But, like, you, you, you know Maybe. What I mean... I mean we we saw Kyle Williams exit with an injury already in the preseason, and he ain't getting younger, and those injuries ain't healing any faster. The coaching just wasn't – it just wasn't, like, as deserving as we felt or I felt that other coaches kind of had it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like they got l- very, very, very extremely lucky, but what McDermott yeah. did do, which I did like McDermott during the season. Listen to the podcast. I do like him as a coach. I think he's great. As a person, smart, professional. At the same no, time, no, that wild card berth kind of like elevated his his, his uh, stock. His stock kind of prematurely, though. I I, I agree with that a hundred percent. It's just Bills fans. I I said this to somebody the other day. The ending are you sure? And I guess you're right. Oh, it was my friend Mike, Mike Smith. And I go, come on, Bills oh, fans fantasy are way, Smitty? Yeah, Fantasy Smitty. Bills fans are way, are way smarter than most fans. He goes, are they really? I go, look, we at least understand quarterbacks. We at least understand a lot of things where you have a, a team where LaShawn McCoy did this awesome. Tyrod Taylor is throwing the ball deep, which freed up the middle of the field for LaShawn McCoy. You know what I mean? It freed up the middle of the field for Charles Clay, it, 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 I did not see more defenses squished down more on the Bills in the box than ever this past season. And it's like, that's on the coach, man. Like, I don't think the hires that he had was the greatest. So, like, pretty much that came out through the season. And to wrap up, 
I just felt like I, so many fans just blindly buy in. Like, we haven't seen this before. People are calling RG3 a franchise quarterback after a rookie year. You know what I mean? Dak Prescott, we got to get one of those. And this is a year where, like, Nick Foles won the fucking Super Bowl. And I was thinking, you know, the Bills have all these picks. The Bills have never been loaded before draft than ever, I could remember. And we have all these holes on the team. And you know what? We're with the smart coach, dude. They're going to do the right thing. Trey White was a great fucking pick. Zay Jones was a fucking abomination. And, you know, dude, they got so many picks. They're going to write this move. And then I'm getting shamed as a fan that, like, analytically, Josh Allen does not project to be a great quarterback. And the Bills gave up a lot of picks for him. They gave up a starting left tackle who's transcendent coaching schemes as a second-round pick, re-signed in Buffalo. Does he have a high contract? Sure. Maybe trying to readjust it. And I don't know. You have a, a, a coach that benched John Miller and ran a totally opposite blocking scheme and totally fucked everything up. And took away any chemistry. I don't even know what this team is. They, they On paper, you have these offensive linemen who are not good, at least on paper. You know, they're second-rate offensive linemen, unfortunately, second tier. You know, like Bodine's been around. Like, a lot of these guys have been around. Ducat's been around. You're just taking a right guard and moving a left guard. Are you sure it's that fucking easy? You know? And, and what I'm getting at is, like, we're not the only ones I mean, who is see it. it and but is it leaving. not that easy? I, I, I'm, Dude. I'm not a coach. I don't know. I don't like know that. This. You have all these holes to fill, and you can't even come out prepared after getting that many picks, the Bills, up for Josh Allen, which, like, I like Josh Allen as a player. And I said on the podcast where Mike Smith broke six six quarterbacks down, I am fine with whatever one falls to the Bills. Whatever they do, I'm going to support, and you can package them up to me, and I'll support it. And my biggest concern was this guy has to be able to correct his mistakes. His footwork's got to clean up. His short pass has got to clean up. All the things that people are calling him on, he's got to clean up. And after a year of winning with Nick Foles, it kind of showed to me that, like, wow, maybe the Bills should give up a first for Nick Foles because he can do what's asked of him as a coach, what the coach asked. And watching Josh Allen was great because for the people who complained about Tyrod Taylor and the people who love Nathan Peterman, you're going to get all that stuff. And the people who love Tyrod Taylor, because the Bills look at it like this, or I hope they fucking do, which is as long as he does the smart thing with the football, maybe things can happen, you know, but we're going to go through a learning curve and we have all these picks invested in this kid. And now here we are where Trent Murphy's injured on, on, on the end spot here and he's got barely any camp time and Shaq lost. We don't know what we're getting and this defensive line coach. I don't know what we're getting. So I guess for me, Deacon, it's really been a point of contention where, you know, we've seen other coaches do better with less personnel. And we've, you know, I, I've seen them, the, the previous coaches and, and front office build stuff. And, and we're finally getting players in Buffalo that are producing. And here we are with a guy who's more organized than any coach. I just don't know if it if it's right. And it's like now we got to trust them with these picks that they're giving up for one player and their defensive line and, and offensive line went down. And I've seen coaches like Wade Phillips go to teams, you know, every team he goes to first year, he's got a great defense, you know, and it's all about communication to me. So when it just raises concern. So I do agree right now that like, Hey, look, you made it into the playoffs. Well, why did you make the playoffs? I mean, you, 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 you did what you had to do at the same time. You had a lot of help. Yeah. No, there was help. And, 
you know, a lot of mistakes got made during the season. And, um, you know, basically going back to what I said before is like Tyrod Taylor didn't win a lot of games, but he also didn't lose a lot of games. Like he, he kept us in a position where we could have won. Right. And on the line is Mike Smith, who happened to be calling in. So we paused the podcast to get back into this. But hi, Michael. How's it going, guys? Um, so we kind of briefed you on it. And the last paragraph of the, of this is, so what else happened? Oh, right. R- Richie Incognito did something racist on the field, and the Bills stood by him. Eric Wood retired with a terrifying career-ending neck injury, and the Bills did not stand by him because they were looking to save a few bucks. They defended the run. Oof. Yep, and that's so fucking true, too. They defended the run about as well as Rudy Giuliani defends the president. While the team won nine games, its fans were made winless against gravity. The team president got canned for sexual misconduct. Zay Jones got naked. This fan also got naked. These two got married, but were not naked. And it's just like some awesome shit. One couple driving home after Bill's game crashed their car and switched drivers to try to avoid a DWI. Both occupants got a DWI. Now... For me, real quick, I don't give a fuck about the DWI thing because I'm not going to sit here taking a tally on who dies after each game. We already talked about that earlier, ironically. Um, and Richie Incognito doing something racist on the field, I'm not going to fucking touch it, okay? So, um, well, just for, for the record, there's no audio of that, so we don't right. definitively know. And, again, yeah, he he's obviously got some problems of his own right now, like, I wish him the best, dude. I wish Richie Incognito the best. Yeah, there's something wrong there, but yeah, but he's done. He's like I I would honestly, not that I could help Richie Incognito, but if you ever need someone to talk to, they will give you a hug. I'll give you a Richie. I will fucking come for a big hug. Dave's got you. We we can go jogging. I don't like to jog, but for you, we could jog. Um, I might have I might have might have an opening on the hockey team Wednesday nights if you want to come sub in. That's cool too. Not sure if you ice skate, but we can skate together, Richie. I'd tell you what, he'd be a rocker. I love you, Richie. I love you, Richie. So look, Eric Wood. Yeah, the Bills really fucked Eric Wood. Yeah, like, that, that, that whole was situation so was fucking bizarre. shitty. All these players fly in town, all this shit, and not for nothing, the fans, because they make it to the playoffs. Wow! Bean and fucking McDermott make it to the playoffs. You don't bring up these issues. Like, you just let the bad coaching get off the hook. You just let, like, all this crap, how you treat Eric Wood, a staple fucking center next to Kent Hall. Okay? Like, get the fuck out of here. Eric Wood is an awesome dude. And I love Eric Wood's interviews with Chopin Bulldog over the years. He was so candid, so honest. Little things he didn't have to say, and he was able to say things. And I wish him the best. Um, you know, I, I saw Ross Talker posted with uh, Eric Wood was on uh, Sirius XM Radio for a few hours. That's awesome. Good for Eric fucking Wood, dude. Proud of him. But the Bills fucked him to save some money. You know, and... It's like when I'm hearing that the Bills really would have moved on from Richie Incognito because of his money if he didn't adjust his contract. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right, because left guards that are fucking all pros just fall off of trees everywhere around the league. Like, okay, yeah, because you can do better, right? And it's like, that, you know, Mike, our whole point was just like... Hey, but you brought up a point earlier when we were eating lunch. Sometimes it's not about the work, it's about the people you work with. Right. And he's a bit of a loose cannon. It might have it might have been more about just getting a personality out of the building. You you don't you don't know because like his behavior is bizarre. Yeah. AF bizarre yeah. AF bizarre. 
And what's going on with the law right now and him? I mean, obviously, maybe they knew, you know, more or whatever, you know. Right. The writing but, was uh, on the wall. It had to have been. You don't. It had to go. I mean, this isn't this isn't the first time he's gotten arrested for some wild stuff, you know. Because uh, what was he smashed up his car there that time? No, he's gone through some things. But yeah, to be honest, guys, uh, I have a. Th- I, I was thinking about this recently, and I, I, I always reference the Arian Foster, Joe Rogan podcast. And Arian Foster was on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast about a year ago. And it really, I love player interviews. I loved Donald Jones talking with John Murphy because you got a guy who was a huge Bills fan, came up a Bills fan, and John Murphy worked with the best in Von Miller, or in Van Miller. Oh, my God, Von Miller. I'm a dick. Sorry, man. <laughs> R.I.P., bud. But, um, you know, John Murphy's a really nice dude to me. I talked to him at camp again, and I talked to him during training camp last season during the presser. I sat next to him purposely. He doesn't know that, but I did. And uh, just to hopefully get some banner. And he was super cool with me. So Tommy, his, his son plays drums, plays in a band, and, and we're music guys here, so it's cool. And, you know, when I hear players and former players speak on the NFL, it's refreshing because Donald Jones hasn't – been through a bunch of conditioning for what to say on the radio and what not. He just kind of says whatever. And then you get Ruben Brown on there. Oh, it'd be great to get Ruben Brown on there. Ruben Brown's the first one to get fans, the mainstream fans, turned on to, whoa, this offensive line fucking sucks. (laughs) 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 And, like, that's the truth. And next thing you know. And now Ruben Brown's not on anymore. And either is Donald fucking Jones. And you listen to Arian Foster and Joe Rogan talk about like, yeah, they don't want you smoking weed, but we could take this one painkiller that we have to sign a fucking waiver for that they have no liability if we want to take it. And it's like, you know, <laughs> weed can fucking help players heal and shit. And it's been proven. And we still got this chaotic archaic bullshit and even said he goes yeah and, and the best receiver in the league josh gordon is not even playing because of weed and if you know anything about joe rogan he knows nothing about the nfl or fucking sports so it's like except for martial arts so it's like for him to like have arian foster on and and, and pretty much say it in the most lame and fucking way possible was great and the league is full of shit so richie incognito needs a lot of fucking help a lot of these retired players need a lot of fucking help and when you tell us it's about safety and a guy like Zay Jones gets his fucking head beat in at the end of a play, it's clearly not about fucking safety. Well, another thing when you talk about safety, they don't mandate that the players even wear the best helmet that technology has created. Like, a player can pick any helmet to wear. If it was so important that safety and head injuries, they would say, this is the best helmet. This is the best at protecting your head from injury. You will wear this helmet. And there wouldn't be any, you wouldn't see a hundred different helmets on the field. It would be one, and that would be the one that protects the head the best. But you do not see that. The Bills actually, I mean, the NFL actually did now limit it down, I think, with the NFL PA down. I think under 25 helmets to 18 helmets. I could be, my numbers are totally wrong, but I know they definitely. Actually, cut it back, they, but yeah. it, it, it should be a lot less. Right. You know, they, they should still be using the best equipment. They're not all using it. Just, you know, some people got odd safe heads and they want to wear this one or they don't like that one, and, but you know, whatever the reason. And, and you know, honestly, I, I've been saying it a lot lately. Yeah, they should all be wearing a Mark Kelso. Yeah, seriously. For real. Yeah. Go with the mushroom top. That 
That's the iconic helmet. Yo, dude, and not for nothing, I already got the helmet design on tap, and someone's already going to take it, all right? But they should take this idea, which is you take your fucking helmet, all right, and you put a different kind of layer on the outside of it, almost like a thin, like, NASA-type, like, foam-type efficient foam that can rubber. take light impact. You, you use, a, use a rubber. They right, have not, light. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Something that absorbs Polymer, a light rubber, impact. Yeah. Because, dude, when I would wear a hard hat at work and I had to put my head in between, like, little pipes and stuff at Batavia Downs, uh, doing some dry work, like, years back, shit, over 10 years ago, like, my head would just, the lightest little nick on it would fucking bounce around. It's like, dude, Jesus, you know? And it's like, really, if they just have, like, a no asshole rule, that's it. Like, Yo, the players need to enforce this. If they had a no asshole rule, there would be three players in the league. <laughs> you know yeah. what? I- <laughs> yeah. Only an upsetting citizens in the NFL. Gotta have good character. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you would have like JJ Watt, and that's it. I'm sorry, Tom Brady. Did I hit you too hard here? Let me help you up, sir. I won't do that again. <laughs> hold, hold still. You got some. You got some dirt on your back. Let me get that. Well, Vontaze Perfect has been in rehab for that. So, anyways, boom. So, Michael, your signal is giving us some little ding in here, but we're good. Let we're them, back. We're, we're back. back. All right. So, look at the next part of this segment is just one paragraph called "In Bold." Your coach. Camel hat humper, Sean McDermott. (laughs) I laughed so fucking hard when I read that. This man is a mystery to me. One second he's holding intensely intimate meetings with players and having them bear their souls to one another with a link to the article. Which makes sense on some level because Buffalo itself is like if you made a whole city out of an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Players need to cope. Players need to cope. But accurate. And I salute McDermott for recognizing that. But then he handles his own QB situation with all the gracefulness of a fucking Twitter executive. His team also tried to trademark respect the process, another link as well, because trademarks win championships. Which Sean McDermott am I really in caps? Kidding. Thankfully, I think I've sorted out the answer. Now, Mike, what is your take on the coach and what they ripped Sean McDermott about because I think there's a lot of stuff to it and then we'll have Deacon rebuttal to whatever you have to say or add to it but um I I agree that you know he he is a nice intimate coach I, I like changing the culture and and you do really do have good team bonding stuff but you know respecting the process and all this stuff whatever so like what like what is your whole take I mean I, don't I think like- he's a great coach. Um, his the the process, the process. It's what it takes to be where you want to be. What you have to do to achieve what you want to achieve. You have to put in the time. You have to be held accountable, and he holds everybody accountable. He tells the coach to hold players accountable. He has players holding players accountable. He has everybody holding everybody accountable. He's got competition at every position. No one no one is handed anything. No one is just given a job on the team. You have to earn it. And that's stuff that makes every player play harder because if you know you can earn it, you're going to try hard because if you know the job is unattainable, you're only going to put in so much effort. 
you know, and when you truly see that you can earn a position, like I think Trent Murphy is going to be the backup run back. And honestly, um, I don't know if they wouldn't try to even just get rid of, um, uh, who's the other running back? Uh, I didn't like the pickup, but that was a Billy Bean. Chris Ivory. Yeah, that was a terrible pickup, but, um, I mean, I think they guaranteed him millions of dollars, so I don't think they we really we do talked earlier. Else. We talked but earlier he, that like Bean, we're not even. I'm, I I voiced it like I'm not even sure about him because this team did not have good free agents come in. They did not have good value stuff, and right, yeah, you know and, they and, gave and, up a and, lot of picks for Josh and which is three starters. You know, I'll and, tell you what, if they can work out some kind of trade with the Raiders and guarantee uh, Khalil Mack a ton of money next year. With some of that free cap they have, everybody will be singing hallelujah. Yeah, and you better you better be fucking in the right position to do that. And I don't know how he's not on the doorstep blowing the general manager over there right now and fucking giving John Gruden flowers. Like, yo, make this damn happen. Like, do I have to buy Brandon Bean a fucking plane ticket? Do I? I will go for you out of my own fucking pocket. So, Deacon, your thoughts? Oh, whatever it, whatever it takes to get Khalil Mack. If that's, if that's a possibility, you make it happen. A future, mm-hmm. I, I I would give up to a future first for that. All right, all, so, all day. I, I mean, mean, am I wrong? No, not at all, dude. I I, I think you give up a first and Shaq Lawson. Shaq Lawson what gets I, the fresh yeah, start Shaq's and give up a fast. Give up a what first about, and Shaq. What about Edmonds? Would you trade our newly acquired young linebacker? One hundred percent. Yes, I wouldn't think twice. And then give this guy a boatload of money, even though you think Edmonds is going to be really good. And you're going to have him at a super low contract for the next five years. Still 100% yes. I like coaches who can fit players in a position to win. And the fact that they they had Cardale Jones on the roster uh, when they came in, they had, um, you know, what's his name there? Uh, Reggie Ragland on the roster, and yes, he was more of a quote-unquote Rex fit, but a good coach makes players work, and I feel like you could have put Reggie Ragland out there even in Shaq Lawson's spot, and he probably would have produced better. You know what I mean? It's just like, even though it shouldn't work on paper, it, it, it's just, I don't I, I don't agree with just getting rid of talent that you haven't even sniffed at fucking developing, and it's, it was clearly a clean house thing. I know more than you, and a lot more Bills fans are not full of shit. Right, you know, and, like, and, and here's here's my thoughts on it: is uh, Sean McDermott's crowning achievement was was during his time as as the defensive coordinator of the Panthers, and I think as far as interior linebackers go, Khalil Mack is as close to a Luke Kuechly as you can get, and I think if he wants to repeat his successes that he had in Carolina, he needs that proven elite interior linebacker to be the axle that the rest of that defense spins on. Mike. See, now I think Edmonds is a special talent, and I honestly think he's going to vastly improve this defense. Like, his ability to cover ground, um, he's still learning and he needs to improve, but he is picking up at a very good rate, especially for someone his age. But his ability to cover ground cover tight ends, cover in the flats, to run to the outside and stuff them at the line to reach the edge and get the running backs um, before they cut that corner. I mean, he, I think, 
will be a special talent. So I myself would not get rid of him to get Khalil Mack because Khalil Mack wants a ton of money. And right now we're in a good financial position. But if we give all that money to Khalil Mack, then you start having the other players that start to do well, then we, we're going to run out of money. We're not going to be able to get the linemen we need next year because um, you, you can draft one, but you got to get one too um, because these guys are not going to cut it. So I myself wouldn't do that. Um, but Trey Edmonds, uh, he's my favorite draft pick. Yeah, he is the Luke Kikui to me, in, if anything. In, I mean, it, in our last year's draft. It, it's just a matter of you, you got one guy who could be an elite player and you got one guy who definitively is is an elite player, a proven elite player. And it would be nice to have that that kind of security somewhere on this roster because right now, what where do we have a guy where we can say we got one of the best in, in the league? We got LaShawn McCoy, who's a, a running back in his 30s. You well, know what my I mean? only concern with Khalil Mack is, I mean, soft tissue injuries are up exponentially in the NFL over the last couple of years. Him not going to camp and holding out, you cannot simulate game speed by not being there. And although it may be one thing for these running backs who are used to it and they've sat out, he could be in line for some pain um, or a potential injury the longer he decides not to play. Um, so that's the only thing I'd be concerned. But like I said, I, I think Edmonds is going to be so good that I'm not going to take a proven guy who at this point wants a ton of money, who's going to hamper the team financially. Um, I mean, yeah, if they could make it work somehow, some way, um, you know, without, you know, handcuffing us, that would be great. Cause I think the two of them together would be phenomenal. Oh, that w- and, I mean, that's ideal, but is it realistic? That, yeah, that's what you got. That's the only thing you could do. That's the only option to me is, you know, it's on the Bills coaches to get something out of Shaq Lawson. He would have been a first-round pick either way, okay? Does he suck that bad? Come on, guys. Does he Is he a little irresponsible? So some things have been leaked that I didn't even know about until the Bills talked about it. And it's like, you know, it, it, it's like, man, just the coaches got to figure this out. And the Bills don't they, – they don't have money till next year, but – if Khalil Mack is out there with Trey White, and then you got Edmonds, and you got uh, two, you got two guys in safeties who are just awesome together, great chemistry. I I don't have a choice but to to make sure that our our real Lou Keekley replacement who can go side to side with speed. Because when they brought McDermott, that was my first deal. Is like yo, not for nothing. And I'm gonna wrap in his coach point, but. If you're gonna bring in Sean McDermott, who's Luke Kuechly? That's my first question. Number two is why are we giving this coach all this credit from Carolina when they trade away Greg Norman and all of a sudden, or, or they cut him and don't have the franchise tag, they release him, and the coach is not able to adjust, and they have one of the worst defenses, and it's like, oh, well, he had to start these corners that were young. I don't give a fuck. Your job as a coach is to stop the run and make it work. And your team was an abomination on defense, your last coach of that, your last year coaching that team. So it's not that I don't like McDermott. It's just take him off this unnecessary fucking pedestal. He did a good job with what he had. I have faith in him because he's a very organized person. And with the wrestling background, I understand where he came from, and I have a lot of respect for that. 
So, um, so that's pretty much where I'm at. But um, so Michael, you're about to dip out. And... Yeah, guys, it was good talking. But um, I got the Bills winning ten games, and they're gonna shock the shit out of the national media. So fuck all of you. We'll talk about that, and also Mike and I are running a numb Bills fan fantasy league. So Deacon's in. Mike's in, Jeff Knight's in, Drunk Dean is in, he doesn't know him, but he's in. We got Rodney Schuler in, and I'm going to ask Scott Campbell, who sits next to me. Um, but, all right, stay tuned, follow Mike Smith. Where are you at, Mike, on Twitter? Catch me at, at Fantasy Smitty on Twitter, and I'll talk to y'all boys later. Have a good one. Awesome, Mike. Deuces. All right, so that's Mike Smith. Always great to hear about this article. We're going to blow through this. So, your quarterback, once again. Congratulations are in order because the Bills finally got their wish of having a shitty white guy at quarterback again. Hooray! Your long nightmare of Tyrod Taylor's conservative competence is finally over. Here's a player whom the Bills had fucked over for years, and yet he remained composed and professional enough to deliver them their first playoff game in two fucking decades. Tyrod Taylor's reward for all that was a one-way ticket to Cleveland. These fans approve and shows all these white dudes. Taylor has been has since been replaced by a mayo salad of Peterman, still there. Former Bengal agent McCarran and rookie Josh Allen. McCarran op- once opened a racist sushi restaurant. Allen once tweeted this. Um, I don't even see. Oh, why are you so white? If it ain't white, it ain't right. Okay, so I don't know what that came from, but like I kind of looked into that. Did you ever look into this Josh Allen tweet shit? I started to, and I said, you know what? This shit is stupid. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I don't want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, if he owned it, one thing I do like about Josh Allen is he owns all the criticism, and it's really hard to do. For him to literally have a funeral-sounding fucking press conference after he got drafted, and he bared through it, like, cool. You know, so really it comes down to me. What do the players around him think? I mean, we won't find out for a bit. Um, now, as far as Tyrod Taylor, we've talked to that into exhaustion, even on this podcast. So, um, and honestly, this AJ McCarron thing. So, uh, so again, these fans approve. Anyway, Josh Allen is the answer to the question. Hey, what if Carson Wentz was fucking terrible? Let's have a look. So, um, this guy, Michael Kiss on Twitter, post a video. I remember Josh Allen nearly doing this to a coach in practice at the senior bowl. Dude was five yards away. Okay, so all that is just sublime. You can basically burn all relevant portions of a scouting report and get away with it in Buffalo. So so long as you can tell the fans, this boy is country strong. (laughs) It's like the Bills openly despise the notion of hope. How Josh Allen avoided becoming a New York Jet, we'll never know. Anyway, the Bills' initial plan was to start McCarron until he either got hurt or sucked badly enough for them to feed Allen into the wood chipper. Lucky for you, the former has already come to pass. You're in for an entire season of that one Nathan Peterman game. I've seen the preseason hype about Allen. All lies, I know, sucker. Deeks, do you want to take a stab at this? No. Okay, well, I'm going to grow and say we talked about Josh Allen a lot here, and I'll tell you this. I think that the kid talked about analytics, all right, and I got shit on by people close to me, Scott Campbell specifically, who sits next to me at the game, Oh, how do you not support? No, I support Josh Allen. It's just I don't support what was given up for Josh Allen because I don't want to have these unreal expectations on Josh fucking Allen because when you fans turn on him, you guys are going to be complete fucking assholes 
Okay? So I don't want that for anybody, for assholes to be assholes. That's it. So when all these high expectations are brought about in your little fantasy bubble about fucking, oh, I'm into the playoffs, trust everything they do. No. You're going to burn this guy at the stake so quick, dude. Like, he's going to, come on, man. Relax. Let him develop. And you know what? Josh Allen's actually correcting the mistakes of his criticisms. That Those little short passes, he showed it in his last game he can complete those. And ironically, his completion percentage is the same as it was in college. So, I'm not worried about Josh Allen. The Bills are in this position, frankly, where these are the three quarterbacks they have on the roster, and Josh Allen is as good as them. You play him. And he looks it, because McCarron's going to get killed. And as far as McCarron's uh, thing about, you know, AJ, I want to say his restaurant is called Ajin, A-J-I-A-N. I did want to touch on that for a sec. I clicked the article about it. Him and his wife opened up a restaurant in Alabama called Ajin, and he got shit on for all this racism and stuff like that. Now, look, it's a touchy subject. Uh, my mom's from Italy. My wife is from Thailand. Um, I grew up around all sorts of cultures. My girlfriend after my dad's girlfriend after my dad my mom was black you know like I, i've been around the block with culture so like and when i hear that the fucking sushi is cut in a goddamn machine and there's like no appreciation for the culture when i hear that it, it kind of fucking makes me mad that said you can kind of like if you got the money like do whatever you want if you want to i don't care i'm italian but if you want to open up a fucking italian restaurant and make your raviolis out of fucking dog piss. Go for it. If that's what you want to sell, go for it. Like I, I can't. Mean, I don't you. know, man. Like Taco Bell's not authentic Mexican, but it's still okay to eat sometimes. You that's know? that's kind of where I'm fucking at. You know, like that's that's. But but that name is fucking stupid. Yeah, it's it's really disrespectful to the culture. Like. You know, in, in this article, I thought we could get through, like, more of this. But it's really long. Yeah, it's really long, but what's new that sucks? I'm just going to touch on it. Um, he goes, why do you keep trading for other teams wide out? So you're after the Bills traded for handless blimp Calvin Benjamin. They turn right around and grab Corey Coleman out of Cleveland. It's baffling. All Coleman does is get hurt. All Benjamin does is eat, bitch about Cam Newton, and have touchdown catches overturned. All those are the two best vitals on the roster. They also have Andre Holmes, Jeremy Curley, and Rod Streeter. Names that sound like an all amalgamation. Okay, yeah, amalgamation of every wideout to ever play for Al Davis. Ah, he sounded it out. That's cute. I know. These players all suck. Thankfully, the Bills are designed to be more of a running team. Anyway, so let's check in with their... Bell cow back, and then they touch on LaShawn McCoy, and yada, yada, yada. And then what else sucked is you had one year of Buffalo, one somewhat pleasant year of winning football, but it's over now. Maybe you'll make another playoff cameo in 2038. Uh, There's Nick Vieira longboarding with his dog, holding his leash, walking by. Not not looking at us. Trotting by. Yeah, no, we get Dave's got the podcast studio set up in the living room. We're looking out the big front window. This is nice. Dreaming that I had dogs that my one dog, if he got out, wouldn't just kill everybody. That would be kind of fucking cool. And then, uh, you know, they pretty much talk about, uh, but it's over now. And um, 
It's going to be another endless dog sled march across a vast plain of frozen turds. Merrick Aaron is shitty and hurt. Josh Allen is going to make Nathan Peterman somehow look appetizing again. I doubt it. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of done with this article. Uh, at this point, the whole Bills Mafia thing is like watching a decre- decrepit rock band from the 70s still try to tour. Boo! <laughs> you know what? Bills Mafia it really is a lot of it's pretty corny. You know, it, it is family fun time. But I guess that's why you get into sports. You know, I like I like kids in sports. I get to play chess and get mad. Here's how economics Yo, work. If if not wearing a shirt in the middle of December is dumb, I don't want to be smart. Yeah, seriously. But seriously, wooden tables. This is pretty much. Um, you know, the last thing is, is what might not suck? Nothing. You just threw away a playoff season for a five-year rebuild featuring a dipshit Wyoming racist. You do it to yourselves, Buffalo on caps. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm i stoked on the article, this and that. And, of course, there's going to be a lot of satire. Of course, there's going to be exaggeration on it. So, I do like reading that. I'd rather read it than not. Um... But it was pretty fun to get through, I think, the most important ones that were... I thought we'd read the whole thing, but we are an hour and four minutes into this, and me and Deacon gotta go. So... It's time to make the donuts. Do you have any more thoughts? Like, I, I, while you're here, I think... I don't think Josh Allen is going to be as bad as the, the lowest of the low fans on him could be, and I've been pretty harsh, but I just want to make it clear... You can listen through it. It's not the player. It's the equity of the player. It's we have two starters. It's going to be hard for three starters. It's going to be hard for a young quarterback, even an experienced quarterback, to not have top targets. You know what I mean? I mean, they they tried to put some guys in position last year for Tyrod Taylor. They tried Anquan Bolden. He bailed. They drafted Zay Jones. Not great. You know, they got Jordan Matthews. Got hurt. They, you know, they tried mm-hmm. Rod Streeter last year. Got hurt. I mean, they, they were trying to trying to get guys in here. Um, but until, until this team can find a high caliber uh, target for, for Josh Allen, I think he's going to going to struggle as a young quarterback. I'm hoping that he makes the right decisions with the ball, a.k.a. just don't throw the ball to get rid of it. I really feel like somebody who was in Peterman's head that, hey, you got to get rid of the ball. Tyler's not getting rid of the ball. And when you get your opportunity, you can't wait to step into your own offensive lineman's leg to get rid of the ball. And and Josh Allen just needs to recognize when he can and can't get his, his, his ball jumped. You know what I mean? Like, these cornerbacks are going to jump the routes. They're going to sit on routes. And he has to learn that. That said... Um, right. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of like where Nate Peterman's at. It's just like guys will sit on his route. And his, his release was, like, loose last year. And it was just easy to... It was easy to pick him off, you Nate, know? Nate Peterman And they, threw, they, they told us that coming out, coming out of, you know, Pittsburgh. They, they, they said coming out of college that, that he... Uh, he didn't have that zip on the ball, and these, you know, these pro co- these pro corners, that they're, they're hungry for 
you know, they're hungry when you got a quarterback like that on the field. They know it, and they're gonna they're gonna wait for it. We talked earlier, and um, right now, I, I just I just want to get a quick take from you, just to reset for two minutes here. Um, you said, and I agreed, you would trade the Jets three quarterbacks or the Bills three quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. If if like it was like a package deal, and it was Allen and McCarron and Peterman for McCowan, uh, Darnold and Bridgewater, I would make that trade. I thought, and a lot of Bills. And I don't like I don't like Darnold. For for the record, I he he was the one quarterback I did not want us to draft. Now, I don't know shit, but I will say that from what I have heard, because I kind of look at college like this, these analytics people are going to adjust the completion percentages. They're going to have adjusted analytics, so you have to take an average. And then I have to go by opinions of the people who are old school as well and combine them. I have to take the data from everywhere. And the problem I have with Darnold is if you're throwing that many picks at USC, you're not going to clean that up all of a sudden and get smarter. That's why Josh Allen, I have a lot of faith in because he started at the bottom. He's willing to even joke, writing autographs, joking about all of his criticisms. I think that's really fucking cool. Like, Josh Allen, you can come smoke with us anytime. It's cool. No, you guys, all right, it's not No. Good. No. 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 Don't, definitely don't do mushrooms before you go to the Bills game. All right? Don't nope. do that. Don't fucking do that, you know. Uh, you might pitch a no-hitter or something on acid. Oh, wait. Wrong sport. So, um, was that a perfect game? Is that a perfect game? Who the fuck did that? Was that David Wells who said he did that? No. It was some pitcher who said he pitched a perfect game or a no-hitter on acid. I know what you're talking about. I, I don't know who it was. I think it was like... I think he played for like the Pirates, though. I, I, I've seen... I've seen like a little like short documentary about it. Good for him, man. I don't know, this was years ago, though. If you're going to talk about that shit, you should probably Google it. I'll say, though, Teddy, I'm back on top of I mean, a little rap. <laughs> you're sitting in front of a computer. You could you could have totally looked that no, up. No, I'm not risking that. Well, this is, that you, you're, cu- the- you're cutting your poor listeners so short here by not just typing in like LSD, no hitter. Uh, what a... What a lousy host. You guys you guys don't don't deserve that. I'll give you the You answer. also don't deserve me though. I'm awesome. Doc Ellis, no hitter. Nineteen seventy. Yeah. On acid. Look at that. Look how long did that take? Was Two that five seconds. seconds or six seconds? I don't know, but the thing is is the problem is, Deacon, is they're taking me away from the process. And my process was not to look it up. Your process okay? don't is, worry about what your the process, process is. is trash. Throw it in the dumpster. My process is money, which is sit here, scratch my fucking nuts, and wonder, man, I don't know. Okay, that's it. This podcast is over. Tell them, tell them where to find you online. I don't even you're, say that. Like You're I done. Would, you don't I even would, get I a need, final thought. You don't even get a final thought. With the scratch my nuts comment, you just put this in the coffin. You're done. Find us on Twitter, <laughs> NumBillsFan, AdamTheBillsFan, on Instagram, that's and me. everywhere. Um, also moderating your favorite Bills group at Bills Mafia. Shout out to Jamie Tilbury. Hi, Jamie. Let's go back to Death and Slayer. So, Deeks, it was great. I guess we're going to leave now. We had an awesome sub. Also, don't forget, listen to Punch Drunk 
Sports Podcast on PunchDrunkSports.com and on Twitter. They are awesome. They have awesome posts. And um, so follow along with them. They're great. We're part of the Punch Drunk Sports Podcast Network, whatever that is. So check it out and listen to their podcast and subscribe. Join their Patreon. So as always, I'm out. Your host, David Palermo, Adam Deacon. And subscribe, follow along. If you enjoyed the podcast, please let us know. And uh, probably don't tell us. All right, let us know. Any topics you want to talk about. If you think you're a good talker and you can hang in shit talk land, I'll put you through the line. Just don't suck. But if you do suck, we can always erase it, and then I just won't call you again. So you got to be quality like Mike Smith, calling with, like, bad phone signal, going through a, a fucking drive through Oh, he didn't. He wasn't in. He, gave an us he was calling you just cause, and we we made him do this. This this was my fault. I was like, pause it, answer the phone, pause it, answer the phone. Sorry, Mike. I I, I dragged you into this. Bro. I want to min- min- my like, fault. I want to manipulate it to my way, which is Mike. You fucked it all up, dude. <laughs> God damn it, Mike. All right, I'm out. Deacon, anything else? Stop. Press stop. <laughs>